Tigers Uncaged. Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your hosts, Jesse and Lance. With one game to go, what a road trip it's been so far for the Medicine Hat Tigers. Welcome to Tigers Uncaged. My name is Lance, typically joined by Jesse, who is unavailable for the intro or the outro today. But uh, you know what? That's all right. For the meat and potatoes of this episode of Tigers Uncaged, we got Jesse. We also will be joined by the voice of the Tigers, Gino DePauli. Uh, down in Washington. Tabby's getting set as I speak right now to wrap up their road trip later on tonight from the United States. Always difficult when you go down and you take on the U.S. division, but it's nice to get this trip early in the year. That was the one thing that we were always talking about, whether it was myself and Jesse or Gino uh, or just with other Tigers fans. Listen, this U.S. road trip comes at a perfect time. It's early in the year, so the boys can get away get together, spend some quality time, and bond just a little bit more. Listen, there was a lot of bonding for this group that happened last year. Because when you lose together, you end up winning together. And we're starting to see that a little bit so far on this trip. Five out of a possible eight points going into their final tilt of the roadie against the Spokane Chiefs. That's a success, right? We'll check. We'll, we'll talk to Gino DePauli, see what he thinks about this road trip so far. And just how the teams kind of come together. You know, they, they really did set the tone in Everett a week ago. 6-3 win. And it seemingly has propelled them in the right direction through some very tough teams. You, you look south of the border, the U.S. division always tough, right? Like they just have so many quality teams year in and year out. It's always a dogfight. Seattle ranked fourth in the Canadian Hockey League. Portland's always good. Spokane puts up a tough test. Tri-City, well, maybe this year ain't their year. We've been there. But when you go on that road trip and you get it out of the way early in the year, it brings the team closer together. And if you can find some success on that trip while you're at it, well, it's just icing on the cake. As mentioned, Gino DiPaoli joining us, the voice of the Medicine Hat Tigers on the other side. Come on. Check it out. Tigers uncaged. Uncaged. More roar in a minute. Hey, wild ones. Are you ready to take this relationship to the next level? Ooh, la, la. We're talking friends with benefits. Yes. And the benefits are wild. Visit wild945.ca and sign up to become an official wild one today. We'll hook you up with concert pre-buys, exclusive contests, the latest news from Wild 94.5, and more. Wait, there's more? Oh yeah, way more. I want more! Every weekday, Jesse and Lance will randomly select one official Wild one and surprise them with a $10 gift card to Tony Roma's. That sounds riverific. Wait, is that a word? It is now. Become an official Wild one today with Wild 94.5. Medicine Hats, new country. Medicine Hats, new country. It's time to spin the wheel. You never know what game you'll play during Jesse and Lance's wild wheel of games. Weekday mornings at 710, they'll spin, they'll the, spin wheel the wheel and determine what you're playing. It could be face mask singer, bidding apples, match game, wild card, or smarter than a fifth grader. Oh, this is where they play the games. No matter what game you play, you have a chance to win $20 at Cowtown Kids Toy and Candy in Maple Creek. This is going to be fun. 
That's the most fun I've had all week. Jesse and Lance's Wild Wheel of Game. Powered by Cowtown Kids Toy and Candy. On Wild 94.5, Medicine Hat's New Country. Tigers Uncaged. Let's go! Here's your host. And I reveal myself to you all here. Jesse and Lance. Behold! Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged. It's Jesse and Lance. Of course, the Tigers on this lengthy U.S. road trip. Mm-hmm. Last week, we were uh, kind of hyping it up beforehand. And I'm not going to lie, I, we were kind of eating a little bit of crow because I don't think we expected, as mm-hmm. we are recording right now, Tigers just coming off their victory, a huge victory, mm-hmm. 11-3 over Tri-Cities. But I don't think we expected the road trip to go as well as it is right now. No, and I, it, the crow tastes delicious. It does. It, it tastes yeah, yeah. oh so good. So good. And, yeah. and so much so that we've gone all the way to Kennewick, Kennewick, Washington. That's where it is. Anyways, Gino! Gino DePauli. Hey, buddy. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, you know, just hanging out. What are you doing? I'm just doing a little bit of work here at the table. Uh, uh-huh. Just getting ready to go for our next trip to Spokane. We traveled... Well, as you're recording this in about an hour and a half time, and we'll be in Spokane this afternoon, we'll take a day. The guys are going to get a day off because mostly there's a concert. There's a Scorpions concert in um, Spokane, I think, tonight. And so we can't skate or, I think, store our stuff in the locker rooms tonight. <laughs> wow. Got, everybody's like, who are the Scorpions? Because they followed us. Here's the funny story before we get serious. We started the trip at Everett. The next days in Portland, the Scorpions were playing in Portland at the Moda Center next, and they're following. They're following the Tigers. The Scorpions <laughs> are following the Tigers. Yeah, Rocky Lager. <laughs> oh, and the players were asking, "Who are the Scorpions?" Oh no! Oh, uh, you only got to oh, turn man. them on to about four minutes of music, and then yeah, you can turn them off. But hey, how is oh, the Mickey uh... Lannick? Mickey Lannick got them on the Scorpions. Oh yeah, them and yeah. Mickey would that. be the breaking news. Some... Breaking yeah. news. Joe Fraser is now under the influence of getting Spotify because he was trying to figure out new, new music, and <laughs> now he has subscribed to Spotify on the trip. So we've had some fun, oh, but good. it's all business, of course. Well, here's the thing. How much fun have you and the guys have? Because we talked about it early that it was nice to have this road trip because, you know, these Tiger players are going to bond. Get away. Get away like, really early, and I feel like it's working for this team right now. Absolutely, it is. I think everybody's having fun. Winning helps 100 percent of the time. And to be honest, with everybody, with now three wins on the season, you know we're getting closer to getting past the eclipse of uh, last season, which we hope will happen sooner rather than later. Obviously, to keep pace, the Tigers are in second in the Central as of today. I know it's super early, but we'll man, it. we need mm-hmm. something to talk about, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's something that the guys I think took seriously, and they prepared well. Yeah, I thought even against Seattle in the game that lost, where that could have been the game that crumbles the trip, and you lose five to two, but you know, the effort was still there till the third period. And that was just a really good Seattle team that might win the whole ball of wax and be in the Memorial Cup in Kamloops this year. So, I, I, I. I Kudos to the players. I think Dell and Moline come back after a little bit of an injury, came into the lineup, was excellent. Uh, I think everybody's played well. You look at Shane Smith, had a great road trip. Obviously, all four of his goals are on this road trip. He got his first career hat trick yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the list goes on and on. Basha, Wiseblad, and O'Neill or, or McNeil are doing their thing. And Beckett Lanko is a busy boy. Yeah, <laughs> He's no kidding. Every game so far. And, He's been excellent. I think he has 
dealt with the challenges well, and I think the team knows they need points right away, and he's been able to provide that for them, and the defense has been great. Brett Parsons, the leader in plus-minus, now after being a plus-five last night against Tri-City, and Bogdan's hot-ass got back on the point streak, and we saw Pasha Bacharach contribute. Drew Krebs had four assists, and he played 150 games in the Western Hockey League, so... You know, and that's point night. You want to be doing well on point night. So it it just makes life a lot easier. I think maybe Lance, you even I were saying last week, or I guess two weeks ago now, when the Tigers played the ice, if they could get two wins on this trip, mm-hmm. it would be a successful trip. They've hit that, and they've actually got five out of the possible seven points. You come home with seven of nine potentially with a game against Spokane tomorrow, you're you're in a really good spot going into the next week. It's going to be tough because it doesn't get any easier facing the undefeated Red Deer Rebels for the first time, and then the branded Wheat Kings the night after at home. But a little bit of a homestand, maybe this team will get the recognition it it deserves from its fan base, and they'll make their way to the co-op center. Yeah, hopefully so, because yeah, you were right. We were talking about it, and if they could get four points total, two wins on this trip, that would be a success. Anything outside of that is gravy, and like you mentioned, up to five points on the trip with another two on the line against Spokane. Obviously, and you kind of touched on all those games, but uh, maybe let's just quickly run through uh, some some little notes or, or quick pieces on each one. Uh, Everett, you kick off the road trip, nearly 4,000 in attendance. It's a hostile environment. Tigers win 6-3. What you saw from that team as a group and how that game really set the tone for this trip, Gino? Well, the, the Tigers came out firing in that game, and it was – it was a game where we didn't see Olin Zellweger for the Everett Silver Tips, of course, the world junior gold medalist, and he's an excellent human being. I got to talk to him beforehand, and they were on it early and were up 3 nothing before you could even blink an eye, really, going into the second period. And we, we talked about it, Lance, and the, the key factor in, in how the Tigers have been successful is their forecheck along the walls and below the red line. Yep. I think the checking is so underrated right now for this team. And I think teams are now going to start noticing this. They're going to look at now the Tigers have scored 20 goals in two games this season. We're going back to the Tri-City game, of course. But Everett had a push. Uh, the Tigers bent but didn't break. Remember, this is a team that is going through some stuff from last season. And they're slowly getting into a rhythm. But the work ethic has been there most of the time. I think the only time you really seen a lapse was back in that game against Seattle. I know I'm kind of jumping from game to game, but Everett, I thought, were solid from start to finish. Uh, they were clutch when they needed to be. Look at the Brendan Lee power play goal in that game. A bunch of his friends and family are in attendance. It was actually the C. They get the empty netter, and away we go. Yeah. So Everett was, you know, the first, first big test, but I think without Olin Zellweger, they're in trouble. Right. To be honest, like yep. they, they, their defense were a little green on the back end without him. With with Zellweger, no problem. Plays 30 minutes a night, so it's not a big problem there. Then you just head off to Portland, and that was a cool little barn. I've never been there, but we were all we were missing was cigarettes, smoke, and Jerry Buss is what we were missing. <laughs> in that one. I absolutely loved it. It was such a cool vibe in there, and um, it, was, it felt like it, we were in an NBA game, but it was a hockey rink. And the, the Winterhawks, so good under Mike Johnson, the transition game off the charts, and they were flying. They, the, maybe the, set, the first period, it took a while for the Tigers to settle in, but even the second period when they went down 3-1, to one, they didn't, this wasn't a folding team where they could have just packed her in and lost 7-1. 
they hung in there. Beckett-Lanko was really under siege. The best game probably for him of this whole whole road trip was probably that game against Portland. He was terrific. Yeah, they didn't even give him a game star, which was a little upsetting. But either way, it, they, they get that rally late. And Dallin Moline and Alex Drover do that. An extra attacker works to perfection. And then you just back and forth in overtime. You don't really have a it, – it's a crapshoot at that point. Drew Krebs is a partial breakaway. He misses the net. The Winterhawks go back the other way and score. So what do you do? <laughs> and quite simply, Seattle, that was just a really good team they faced. And they, they hung with them for 40 minutes. They were down 2-1 to one going into the third. It was just an early goal in the third. And even then, when they had the power play, they – they gave up that shorthanded goal, but scored right back to be down one. But then Seattle came again, and you just you you get caught running around, and that's what happened in that third period a little bit for the Tigers. And they, but still, still had the organized were organized and chances, but it just wasn't their day. And then Tri City yesterday, oh boy, <laughs> wow, that was something. I again, this is like the second time I'm not expecting a call of double pitches and goals this season, and. It just, it was, I thought we were going to get ourselves like a 6-5 game because every time the Tigers had scored in the first period, it was less than 30 seconds later, Tri-City would score. And it just went back and forth until finally Braden Bame got the big goal there at the end of the first. And the Tigers just never looked back after that. You look at Caden Lindstrom getting another goal, getting some confidence. He has an incredible shot to watch. And that goal on the power play, I think, iced it right away. I don't think after Tri-City was in it, and they they hung around a little bit, but then just bang, 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 goal, goals right after one another. So everybody got in on the score sheet, and it was a team effort. Got out of there unscathed for the most part, and injuries on this one. We just saw the one from Dal Moline. He came back, and we'll see what the report is today when we get to, get to Spokane. Question, uh, because last season, I mean, our biggest thing is we couldn't score. We were having trouble scoring goals, and it seems like this year they're scoring goals fast, they're early, and we're getting a lot of them in the last few games. Have they mentioned they're doing anything differently to really spark this offense? You know what, to be honest, I haven't really asked that question, so now you've given me something for Friday. There we go. Yeah, prepping the content. It, it's amazing because they've scored first in four of their seven games so far this year, which is kind of something to look into. And nothing is really – they've just gone about their business. I think they're just way more organized. And I think the one thing that – it goes back to what Willie Desjardins was talking about at the start of this road trip is accountability. And I think everybody's held accountable this year. And there's a lot of pressure to be better – and you look at what Rhett Parsons has done, a very simple game he plays, defends, moves the puck to the forward on the wing, and away he goes. He gets a secondary assist in transition or the secondary assist on a power play transition or in an ozone draw. It, it, they've kept it very simple and very aggressive, and I think everybody's bought into that system. I, I know it's going to expand a little bit, and the power play has been terrific. They've only not scored on the power play twice through the first two games or for the first two seven games of the this season. And the penalty kill, you'd want to be a little bit better, but they've had their second clean sheet and the second on the road trip, so that helps to 
bump the numbers up a little bit there, which I think the penalty kill has been excellent, but you're still giving up those key goals. We looked at the game at Portland, especially with the the opportunities they had, and even with Everett with their power play moving the puck around. So it, it's been it's crazy. I just don't know how to really put into words. I, I was expecting a way different game last night, just how late we got into Canwick, uh, the tight turn and getting to the Toyota Center, I was under the fog, so I could only imagine what the players were under, but they played an excellent game, and it just rolled with it, and they rolled with the punches, and it it was, I don't want to say it was easy for them, but it, it came naturally to them. Yeah, it really looks like this team has kind of grown from last year. Obviously, early, still only seven games into the regular season, but they've they've learned a little bit from last year, and, and that's all you can ask for from young players. Uh, Gino, really curious, because you were mentioning the penalty kill, and this team, for whatever reason, to start this season – uh, is ending up on the wrong side of of the penalty decisions night in and night out, taking a lot of penalties, and, and more so than we've seen in recent memory with, with the Tigers hockey club. Now, it, it feels in part like they're outscoring some of these penalties that come in because they do have the most goals so far in the Western Hockey League at 37, but you, you look across the league and the teams who are leading in penalty minutes also have some of the highest goals against, and you can throw the Tigers into that mix. So is this just a, a sense of too too aggressive? Is it over-anxious to make plays? Like, like where are some of these penalties coming from, and, and how do they clean this up? Man, I feel like most of them are aggressive penalties. I think you're just getting a little too much of a grit on there, and you're, you're letting her fly. You look at a couple of the penalties that Oasis Wiseblad had early in the season. We thought were clean hits, right? Right. But no, they're calling charges. I've never seen so many charging penalties called in my life so far. There's this a season. lot this so, year, isn't there? Well, they're cutting down, I think, on, you know, the ability for headshots that could come out of those big hits. And, and I, it's more aggression to me for the Tigers. There's not many times where the Tigers get caught standing still. And when they do, it's usually in the slot and you're trying to prevent a goal and you, you take that tripping penalty. But overall, it's the aggressive penalties. And you love that grit, which I don't think you were getting last year. And I think you'll take a couple of those from time to time where you're going to be a little aggressive, but you might have to kill one off to send a message. Let's look at the aggression of two clean hits. Oasis Weisblatt sent Kevin Korchinski of the Seattle mm-hmm. Thunderbirds into next week twice in that game, especially right off the hop. It was unbelievable that hit. Five foot seven versus six foot three. And the, it was just like an absolute missile. It was like, I don't know, like thinking like a comparison to try to make this a little funnier. Think like Wee Man getting shot out of a cannon and hitting Korchinski right in the chest <laughs> and knocking him straight down. I hope Chicago is watching that. I really do. Like, yeah. That's your 10th overall pick that you traded up for in the draft this last year. So I'm, it's all aggression to me right now. But I, they obviously have cut things down a little bit. They only took three penalties last night against Tri-City. Well, that could have been wild and a whole shootout there. And even against Seattle, I thought they were very disciplined. It was They had to reach because that was a good team, and you're trying to hang on to that monster as well. Yeah. So it it's coming. It's really coming. It's hard to really say the first seven games because – you hope you always hope to have like a clean sheet your first like three or four games of any season, so those numbers can kind of cancel each other out eventually. You do give up some. Unfortunately, it's going the other direction for the Tigers right now, and it, it, it is what it is right now. I, I think you know, nobody's riding a little too high here to be stereotypical, but I think everybody realizes now, especially after last night when we got off the bus, that 
there's an opportunity here to have a really good road trip. And I think they will. Yep. Uh, time will tell. But, I mean, it looks good so far. Uh, we talked about Beckett Lankow, who's been the workhorse so far this season. Literally. Is there any mention of maybe McCallum getting the start tomorrow, or is it something where they're going to wait till maybe they get home before he gets his first start of the year? Man, I, I've stayed away from that question because I, <laughs> I wanted to ask it a couple of times, and I just looked I'm like they're – I think if they would have beat Seattle, you probably would have saw McCallum last night. Mm-hmm. But they didn't, and they need points. And they need these points against the U.S. division because the rest of the Central's coming here later, and they want to make sure they can dispatch. To be honest, at this point, the way how not busy Beckett-Lanko was yesterday, I would be shocked if we see him in Spokane again and he runs the whole the whole trip. And that's no take on McCallum. It's just a situation that the team is in, how you're going to do your spot starts. And maybe now the back-to-back next week against Red Deer and Brandon, maybe you're going to see McCallum in that Saturday game against the Brandon Wheat Kings if he doesn't go tomorrow against Spokane. Yeah, and it's important to note, obviously, once tomorrow wraps up against Spokane, Tigers get a week off with the travel and all the – not back at it for a full week, so there is time for Beckett Lankow to yep. rest again and, and and get back set for the 21st. Uh, last one for me, Gino, and it has to do uh, with with a couple young players that came out of the same area in BC out of Delta, and Caden Lindstrom and Tomas Mersick. You mentioned Lindstrom. Uh, to me, it, it's early, I get it, and I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but he just looks like he has every single tool uh, of a guy that is, A, definitely not what a third-round pick or wherever he went. He's He was a first-round through and through based off of his skill set, his size, and what he can do with and without the puck. And, and then in Tomas Mersic is, is now starting to look a little bit more comfortable. Three points in four games. He's getting a little bit more engaged offensively. Just what you've seen from those two and, and where you think the Tigers can kind of carry into the next portion of the season, kind of getting into the middle chunk sooner than later. With, with those two guys obviously going to be uh, a key focus over the next couple of years. Well, I really like Caden Lindstrom since the first day I saw him, to be honest. And he's got, like, if he was a baseball player, you'd call him a five-tool player. Yes. He's got all the, the, the raw talent to go far. I know we've heard Willie Desjardins talk at great lengths how he's got an NHL-ready shot now at 16 almost and he he's on the power play now he's taking draws on the power play as a 16 year old i think that's incredible that he's able to do that at his release point is right there in the slot for that game against tri-city yesterday uh, he was a little bit of a minus player against seattle but guess what when you got those heavy bats you're gonna have some heavy times at at, at any point in the game so I think maybe just tighten up the defense a little bit, but even that, he's very technically sound and always in the right place, it seems to be, or he can drive a line, which was a cool line that the everybody was kind of talking about the other night, that he drove a line in that in that Portland game for a while and was, was excellent. So I, I that's all I can really say on Caden. Thomas has been really good. Thomas Mersick has been excellent in the last couple of games, and mm-hmm. They've kind of got that line now with uh, McKenzie, and it's kind of flopped a couple times. I'm losing my train of thought. St. Martin's been in there. I think Strom's been in there a bit, too. So Mersick and Lindstrom aren't on the same line right now? No. No, no, no. It's uh, Mersick, Bame, and McKenzie that was in last night. They were awesome. But everybody looks pretty good with 11-3, so I don't want to – yeah. I don't want to build them up too much right now, but McKenzie maybe gets back on the board. But I think they got a little bit of everything on that line. Remember, Thomas Mercer scored 
what, 41 goals and and <laughs> 57 assists, the uh-huh. U-17 prep with Delta last year. So the guy knows how to score. It's going to come. And his goal against the uh, uh, against Portland, oh, yeah, what a release. Top that notch. was incredible. Even just to play to to knock that down in the neutral zone, like that, it was almost what the D to D pass that he knocks out of the air and is able to carry into the zone, and it's almost a one touch shot. Like those are the things that you, when you're looking at aspects of this team moving forward, like to be able to make that high skill of a play that quickly, like you just don't see that. Kane Lindstrom being able to maneuver his way as a massive guy into the high slot and walk through guys, like you just don't. You don't see that all the time. So when you do get glimpses of it and you know it's there, it's like, man, these these kids, like, it, it's early in the year and we're going to keep prefacing this until it's not early in the year. But, like, there's just a lot to like from from the younger players and, and where the direction of this team is going. And you look at, and this is the one thing we talked about, Lance, when we had that game with Winnipeg a few weeks ago. What happened when the Tigers made a mistake? Mm. It was in the back of their net. Yeah, Every time. The mistakes against Tri City and Portland, back in the net, was for the Tigers this time. So they're learning that, and there's the skill to do that. And I think that's what the entire group is building towards, especially with the coaching staff, with Joe and Willie and Josh and Jace. I think that's exactly where they want to get to. It's still going to take some time. It could be a rough one in Spokane. Apparently, it'll be $2 beer nights. So that's going to be a very... Nice. $2 beer night? Very... Let's get down there. Well, that's what that's what uh, Owen McNeil was telling me, that apparently they have $2 beer nights because he used to play there at Spokane. Yeah, no. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like... Like, let's go. Let's ride. Can we get that going here in Meta? <laughs> yeah. like, Broncos country. That's right. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, Why you know, not? we appreciate I know you're a busy man on this road trip. Uh, we appreciate your time, and uh, we look forward to the call tomorrow night on Wild 94.5. Uh, appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. I've always got time for you, too. More Hockey Talk on the way with Tigers Uncaged. <laughs> We're back on the bus. The Wild 94.5 Food Drive is coming back in all its original glory. All its original glory. And we can't wait to get out there and see you. I look at you. Businesses become part of the Food Drive Network and help us restock the shelves at the Root Cellar Food and Wellness Hub as we head into their busiest season. Visit wild945.ca to sign up your business as a collection point during Food Drive 2022. Woo! We'll be aboard the Tracks Coach Lines Food Drive bus on November 16th and 17th, making our way around Medicine Hat area to pick up all the food and cash donations. I want to see what they up to. Wild 94.5 Food Drive. Woo! The Wild Disconnect might be one of my favorite games. And Medicine Hat Brewing Company might be one of my favorite prizes. There's just something so satisfying about hanging up on people. Not that we ever do that normally. You just click the button, poof, gone forever through the floor. <laughs> we love the Wild one. It's the Wild Disconnect with Wild 94.5 and Medicine Hat Brewing Company. Weekday mornings, Jesse and I get three callers on the line for a trivia showdown. Get it right, you move on, get it wrong. Bye. Disconnected. Be the last one on the line and you win $20 to Medicine Hat Brewing Company. That's a win, 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 win. The Wild Disconnect. I love it. Weekday mornings at 8 40. Wild 94.5 Medicine Hat New Country. The talk of Tiger Town. Great moments are born. Great opportunity. Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. All right, putting a bow on and wrapping up episode four here of Tigers Uncaged. Man, thank you so much for listening. Of course, it's always so, so appreciated. Last year, Jesse and I 
went out on a whim, started this podcast uh, just as something to do because we're just passionate about the Medicine Hat Tigers. We love watching the games, getting to be involved with them, and figured this was the logical next step for us. And y'all have supported it in a big, big way. So thank you so much for that. Just some final thoughts before we head into the final game of this road trip, Spokane Chiefs, later on today from at least the time that this is being recorded. You know, it's going to be important a week from today to maintain this momentum. I think there's been a lot of ground made up and a lot of strides taken. I mean, a handful of players scoring their first Western Hockey League goal on this U.S. trip. It's going to be important not to lose this momentum in next week because you're going to take a full seven days off after the Spokane game and be back at it seven days later at home co-op place against the Red Deer Rebels, where you can get tickets, by the way, ticks.ca or tigershockey.com. But it's going to be super, super important for this team to be able to maintain the momentum that they've gathered on this stateside trip. As I mentioned earlier, five points so far out of an eight possible could come home with seven of ten. Would be an absolutely phenomenal trip. But it's what you do after that. Do you carry that with you into a five-game homestand through the back end of October and into November. It's all about layering these things, right? The time off will be well-deserved. If Beckett Lankow plays again tonight, he's going to be very happy to have a week off. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine he'll be complaining for, for some time off as the, the young fella has been playing a lot of hockey. He's started every single game. We'll see if he starts against Spokane. But in any case, maintaining that momentum is going to be something that I look forward to in next week's homestand and really i guess to wrap up this trip that's also going to wrap up episode four tigers uncaged thank you so much make sure you subscribe on any podcast platform wherever you have found us here at tigers uncaged you hit subscribe and never miss an episode enjoy if you're able to if you're listening to this in time enjoy the tigers and chiefs later on tonight and we'll be back next week see you then this has been tigers uncaged with jesse and lance Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season.